Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, cove me in the drowsy hours As the merlot light gleams garnet on the bar Amidst the honeyed atoms of home And the dust caught in shafts Close the door onto the vast outside Where perches a raven the size of night Close the door, close it now Slide all manner of bolts To cove us in the moon underwater. Robin, Robin, I thought I wasn't going to make it here. Oh no, what's happened to you this time? Well, I got caught in the crowds on the main street here in the correct realm. They are going absolutely crazy. The crowds on the bridge? The crowds on the bridge, the crowds on the street, under the awnings, in the archways. Uh, They're all out, I think, to meet our guest this week. There's hollering... There's catcalling. The odd here, here chucked in amongst the, the affair. It's a real buzz. There's a real hubbub amongst them. Yes, yes, there's lots of hallooing. There's lots of hallooing. There's rhubarbing. There is rhubarbing, actually, and not, not a small amount of sort of flag-waving and also flag-weaving, some people making their flags up the roadside. Yeah, I mean, um, I see what you're doing now with the intro, because I, I just so I don't know why I mentioned bridges earlier. I suppose Westminster Bridge. Yeah, well, you know, what is a bridge if not a road above another road? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as we all know, you can't, you can't drive on the same road twice, as Wittgenstein said. Uh, but I did catch one chap. You know how people tend to climb up lampposts, etc.? Do they? Yeah, in times of sort of high fever and high excitement. Oh, right, OK, yeah, yeah, to, to, to maybe to hang some bunting. Maybe to hang some bunting with a bit better view. But anyway, this chap was at the top of one of our oil lanterns here. He was filibustering his heart out. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was quickly brought to a stop. You'd be a good filibuster, I have to say, John. Some of these intros. <laughs> I could, I could, I think I could fill an entire filibuster. Yeah, you really could. Anyway, the the crowd is reaching its crescendo, and I must assume that that means this week's guest is heading towards the door. And yes, here she is, 
in walks the right venerable Sir Honourable Sir Dame Sir Knight Sir Captain, Sir Jess Phillips. Hello, Jess. Hello. Hello. It was quite the crowd. It was quite the crowd, wasn't it? I'm sorry if they... But I, I, you must be used to all that now. I'm used to a man called Steve Bray, who I believe has become famous for being in a crowd outside Westminster, playing various musical uh, interludes such as Money, Money, Money. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm very used to, you know, a thronging crowd as I, as I walk about my business. Do you have to sort of train yourself to block out, like... I can understand when you're in the sort of House of Commons, you're used to the certain sort of back and forth. But when people are just like trying to interrupt an interview by any means possible, that must drive you absolutely nuts. Yeah, it is annoying. But you you are just you, you, you used to just sort of carrying on. I, I mean, uh, the best thing to do is refer to it because it's not like it can't be heard or seen. I have to say the thing I find the most difficult. So the the sort of thing at the moment is that there's constantly some music playing outside like today it was the imperial march from star wars and you know that's one thing but like when they're trying to sort of target because it's it's prime minister's questions today you can understand that but often i'm in parliament like for example hearing uh, from families of murdered people or uh, people who've had terrible instances and it's not you know it's not great that they have like abba blaring at them while they're doing that so that is the most irritating thing about it i would say but you know i believe in everybody's right to protest so whatever i re- i remember when um i was watching the press conference with oh, i forgot his name now the guy who went to uh, barnard castle how can i have forgotten his name cummings yeah and someone was like playing the saxophone in the background throughout the whole thing and I was like, oh, come on, mate. People are like, whatever you think of the guy, people are trying to pay quite close attention to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that your any protest, my advice to the would-be protester, would-be thronging crowd, would be have an outcome. Yes, have an end point. Uh, yes, have, a, have an outcome that you are seeking that isn't just about the fight. There is so much in division and, like, you know, rhetoric at the moment where all I watch is people having a row for having a row's sake. And I think, well, what's your actual... Even when I agree with the protest, I'm like, what's the outcome you're after? Like, you know, like, let's come up with a tangible solution and let's work towards it. But, you know, protesting for the sake of protesting is a pointless endeavour. So before we begin to kit out your dream pub, Jess... I've got two main questions about sort of the political life, one of which is pub based. Mm -hmm. First off, I mean, you've come to the correct realm today through various uh, glitches and uh, tears in the sort of space time continuum. Luckily, it's one of the great expense free trips. So you don't have to worry about, you know, whether Mm -hmm. you were traveling first class, you know, it's it's nothing if not a third home. But do you have to sort of clear this kind of thing with any kind of body or committee? Because it sort of feels like politicians are held to perhaps the most exacting standards uh-huh. of any any sort of profession. Do you have to say to someone, oh, is it OK if I go to the correct realm to a pub that reveals itself next week? Does someone have to approve it? In theory, I am meant to have all things that might be made public agreed to by not by any sort of institution that has anything to do with parliament but by the labor party however i don't tend to do that 
<laughs> so, uh, not really. If I was here in the correct realm to talk and launch a specific policy that I might have about pubs, which incidentally, there is shit tons of policy. And I'd say one of the second, probably the second... Well, animals first, Palestine second. The third most frequent thing people write to me is about beer duty and protecting local pubs. So there is a huge amount of policy in that space. So if I was here to be talking specifically about politics in the correct realm, then then I would probably have to clear that with someone. But otherwise, no, I'm a fairly free agent. I can do whatever I want. If you were paying me $1 million to enjoy a tipple, then that would probably have to be cleared with somebody. But uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that isn't the case. I mean, I'm a celebrity... <laughs> next <laughs> yeah uh, well quite yeah that's uh you, you should get that approved yeah. although nobody would ever approve that <laughs> yeah so you know parliament though the electorate there's no rule that says what you can and can't do you don't even have to turn up to parliament ever when you're on a local council you do you yeah if you if you speak if you don't go to a meeting i think it's every six months or something there is a minimum then you'll basically be booted out unless you know maternity or you know sickness a really good excuse but in parliament now nah, you can just get elected move to the south of france never do anything and, and uh, i mean i'd like to think you wouldn't get elected again but um what i'd like to think is never actually the case because i think that that has almost certainly happened in the past. <laughs> well, I've just realised now you say that you've just opened up a whole world of questions I have about booze legislation. So I've got two mini questions before my third question, and then we'll create your dream pub because I know you have to be back in the other realm uh, for important parliamentary business. Um, first off, first mini question, I'm a huge fan of minimum alcohol pricing and... I think it's it could the money would could be used to fund a lot of the services that are stretched because of alcohol. So, you know, paramedics, hospitals, uh, the police, and mm-hmm. all sorts Et of things. Yeah. Why aren't why is no one bringing it in? Is it just a load of kind of people going? Oh, I should be able to pay five pounds for my bottle of Merlot if I want to, kind of thing. Almost certainly that that is the case. Uh, there was a conversation about it in Scotland. Have I imagined that? No, it's, they've, it's been in Scotland for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ian Scotland? Yeah, it's been Ian Scotland. Oh, right. I thought, was, I thought that was like an MP called Ian Scotland. Yeah, almost certainly there is an MP in the, over the years who's been called Ian Scotland. <laughs> I, I, have, I can think of a Baroness Scotland mm. right off the top of my head. So, yeah, I think that libertarianism and uh, the idea of the nanny state which I, I have to say that the nanny state argument I find to just be so grueling um, as if like 99.9% of the population ever had a nanny <laughs> uh, even the language of it yeah. speaks to the kind of people who might say it like the nanny state um so yeah i mean almost certainly that the idea of freedom of choice being a thing but look without the actual exchequer details of exactly how much duty it would bring in it's shifting around tax things but one thing i would say against it 
is it's not necessarily an entirely progressive tax. Like VAT isn't particularly progressive because everybody pays it at the same rate. So you have to make sure that when you're looking at any particular tax changes that the, the root of that is, is fairness. And what I wouldn't want to see is my constituents paying uh, as a proportion of their income more tax than the, peop- the kind of people who have a nanny. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it would be a tax. It's just an increase to the minimum price companies can charge for their booze as far as I'm aware. Yeah, and there's all sort of health benefits of that yeah. sort of thing. And, you know, as somebody who's lived with alcohol, not my, myself personally, but my brother was an alcoholic for many years. Uh, my grandfather was an alcoholic. You know, there is all sorts of, I'd say, potential in the, in the space of that kind of thing. But yeah, you, you, I mean, at the moment, the government is saying that even though there's a security risk, they won't tell people not to have TikTok on government accounts because of freedom of choice, which, you know, using you know, a threat from China as an argument for freedom of choice does seem to be quite the anomaly. Jess, I'm actually going to house my third question for the second half of the podcast because we're aware you are on a tight shedge. We want to drill down into the sort of the pub stroke bar life of the House of Commons, but I think that's going to have to <laughs> wait till later on because it, Plenty does, of it does feel a little bit like a realm within a realm. Mm-hmm. So let's head to your pub. What was your experience of pubs growing up? What area of the country and what, what, what were your regular haunts like? So I grew up in Birmingham where I still live. I live less than 500 metres from where I grew up. So the pubs are largely the same. So my experience of pubs as a kid was either being sat outside one of them uh, with a packet of crisps and a lemonade while my grandfather was inside the pub and uh, read, see also bookies. <laughs> um, and we used to, I mean, we used to, my parents would take us to the pub. There was a pub in Birmingham called the Old Mo, which is called the Old Mosley Arms. That is basically the heart of the Labour Party in South Birmingham. It's like they have Labour Party meetings in there. And it was always like, there was quite a, a lot of like folk bands that would play in there. My parents, uh, I remember, you know, sitting in the sort of downstairs bar while, I don't know, the Communist Party were meeting upstairs when I was uh, a kid. And I worked in pubs from the age of 16 until I was 22. I, I permanently had a bar job. I come from a part of Birmingham, a place called Mosley, which is basically all pubs. It's one of those places where, you know, like, you know, students would do a mile of pubs. Like, you know, there are many, 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 many pubs there. And my husband claims that he has pulled a pint behind every single one of them. He has <laughs> he has worked in every single one. In fact, I have a T-shirt sometimes that I, I wear to bed, as well as the Upside Did It Again tour, because my husband was a roadie on that uh, with Britney Spears. Uh, I also have a T-shirt, uh, although I'm not sure where it is, but I used to that when one of the pubs in Mosley became a firkin in the years of the firkin pub mm. uh, have they gone now firkin have, pubs yeah. is that that's not a thing anymore and it says i'm not shirking i'm firkin working <laughs> uh, and that was that what he had to wear behind the, the firkin bar as a child i i only really remember sort of socialist meetings in pubs rather than us going to the pub a lot to socialise. But as a teenager and an adult myself, it is the absolute heart of everything in my life. They say all politics is local. Did you actually sort of learn stuff from being around people in those pubs, serving them? A hundred percent. I often say that the greatest training for being a politician was 
being a barmaid. Much, much better than my degree in economics. Far, far more. The vast majority of politics that people don't know about is not the stuff that happens in uh, the House of Commons. It is about interacting with people, often people with very forthright views who you might not agree with. And there's nothing like working behind a bar to train you to deal with that or to, to, to train you to deal with sort of belligerent certain men. Mm. That I mean, that, that definitely, I, I learned that along the way. But yeah, I think that my ability uh, and the reason that I have been in any way a success as a politician is because I'm really good at chat. And I, that came from working behind a bar. And was it also the kind of socialist meetings as well? Did that kind of spark an interest in politics then? I was more interested in them having better crisp flavours, I think, right. at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there was a, there was never a moment in my life when I wasn't at a socialist meeting. So they were relatively tedious. So whether it was in the pub or in my house or I went to women's liberation playgroup, like, for example, like my fireworks night was run by the Labour Party. We had like we got our food from a cooperative like run by the Labour Party, where one person would go to the market and buy up a load of stuff and then it would be give. I mean, like when people say that they have a sort of socialist upbringing, I think what you mean is that you, your parents watched Newsnight and spoke to you about it. Well, my life was actively like every single thing uh Childminders were a collective of women who'd got together in the Labour Party. It, it was it was every part of my life. So the pub obviously was also a part of that. There was no moment where there wasn't somebody, you know, a group of people plotting something at any point in my life. Do you think the pub still has the same value now to, to, to back then? Do you think things have changed at all? Well, I mean, I, I represent a part of Birmingham where quite a lot of the pubs that would have existed when I was a kid are no longer there. And uh, in many cases, some of them are like mosques, which I always find to be a delightful and amusing transition. But the uh, pubs have changed without a shadow of a doubt. So when I think of the pub now, so I go to very much still have local pubs to me. that I go to very regularly. It's the same people who are offering in there as well as, you know, people who are, are coming from outside. Uh, and it is very much the heart of the community. But they're not pubs as they were. Like one of them, for example, used to be a Ryman's. <laughs> it was like an office shop and now it's like a real ale pub. Um, but it's not like, you know, it's not dark oak and beams and horse brass uh, and also is it it's not like in the 90s the wine bar like uh, sort of era they are uh, they are different now but I think that the fundamental of a place to go and commune is the same mm. not for everyone but for me catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Let's commune in your pub now, Jess. So start us off with two draft items for you, please. So, I mean, I am definitely have been captured by the weird, salty, sour phenomenon of beer. However, I think that if I really had a choice, I would just want a lager and lime I once asked for a lager and lime in Hackney in a pub to a woman who must have been about 18 and she put a lime in my pint of lager (laughs) so uh, I was like what has happened here what has just happened so you know like a lager like Stourprowman or something I'd have to have a lager on draft because there's nothing more refreshing there is literally nothing more refreshing than a lager shandy on a hot day I mean straight back absolutely the king of drinks but I always have like a top or a, a lime in my lager these days I don't I'm just sort of I don't know trying to hop back to my nan or something um <laughs> but uh yeah so I would have like a a, a a foreign a foreign lager I don't like like carling or anything and my I had a boyfriend who drank Stella Artois uh, like it was in the taps and so I, I have a sort of like a, a mental block about that but yeah like you know I, I uh, you know, any of those foreign beers that are, uh, are lagers. Unpatriotic Jess Phillips yeah. slams national yeah. lager carling. Jeff, and- Jess Phillips <laughs> hates Burton on Trent. That's that's Burton on Trent's, uh, you know. I, I do love Marmite, though, so I'll give yeah. that shout out to Burton on Trent. Yeah. I've got a friend who only drinks carling, and whenever I go to, like, um, like markets, like uh, vintage markets or... Um, junk shops and stuff i always try and buy him like old carling accoutrement uh, <laughs> because he 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 will he only drinks my husband calls it cooking lager yeah yeah and who doesn't like a cooking lager but i think we'll go for star Praman for you just because that that does have the it has the abv to hold up to shandification yes hold up to the addition of lime so i think that's quite a wise that choice. would be my, my first draft now my second now i would quite like a cider really i do, i really like a cider on draft uh although you know i do feel like I, I and i wouldn't be able to be specific about the name because the bars i go to that have these like i hate the salty ones they literally taste like bile but um the the sort of fruity sour beers that are around now I look, but they just change every week so I don't even know the names of any of them but I, I do really like that but however I'm going to just go for a Rattler oh yes in Love Cornwall that. like specifically you have to be in Cornwall and get Rattler yeah. on draft I went to the Rattler farm 
Uh, it was one of the best days out I've ever been. I highly recommend the Rattler Farm in Cornwall. But yeah, a cold pint of Rattler from draft is just perfection. I mean, when you see that snake with sunglasses oh, yeah. it's so naff, isn't on it? the bar, <laughs> you know you're in for something quality. I've tried to buy it. Like my son, who is uh, 18, like it was his sort of first foro on a holiday to, and he really, really liked Rattler. And so we tried to buy him some here in the, and you can buy it in bottles, but it's just not the same as uh, draft. It's strong stuff, Rattler. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. You only need two pints. I, I, as I've got older, I find that I used to just almost exclusively drink pints, but I, I just get really full. So I, I can't mm. drink too much. And so I quite like that now it's like two thirds and things in those, those fancy ones, those fancy beers. But yeah, I'm going to go for Staropramen and Rattler. If I had to have a draft, that was what it would be. Morning Staropramen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> we can punch that in. <laughs> a bit of, bit of laughter afterwards. Isn't it? What's the ABV of draft uh, Rattler, Rob? I want to say 7%, but I mean, no. is it not that much? Can't be, surely. It's lethal stuff. It really is. It's giggle juice. Yeah. Well, it goes up to, if you get it in bottles, it's anywhere from 4.8 to 8.4. Ooh! So, goodness knows. They're launching, apparently, 4% version. 6%, I'd say, is the standard. Yeah. yeah. I'm not interested in your 4%. I want to basically have two points and, and be that lovely giddy, and you're going to walk home from the beachside bar that you're in in Cornwall. Feeling a bit, a bit sunburned. Yeah, feeling a bit that's, sunburned. That's I'm always, uh, I'm very fair-skinned. I'm always feeling a bit sunburned. Well, luckily, Jess has pulled this back because initially it was turncoat MP Jess Phillips <laughs> prefers European, the so-called EU's <laughs> bureaucratic lagers. Yeah. But uh, then we're, we're back in with good old-fashioned Rattler Cider. Now the shipping forecast issued by the Met Office. Viking, west, variable, two to four, Occasionally westerly 5 at first, east, northerly or northwesterly 4 or 5, becoming variable 2 to 4. West, slight, occasionally moderate at first, east, slight or moderate. In west, occasional rain. Good, occasionally moderate. North at Sierra. Northerly or northwesterly 4 or 5 pints, occasionally lager at first, becoming variable 2 to 4. Slight or whiskey. Occasional rum. Desire becoming fervent. Pubs, occasionally distant. South at Sierra, pintily or north pintily, four or five, occasionally cider, becoming pubs two to four. Slight or moderately drunk, occasional rain. Pub, appearing in mist, variable. German bite, variable two to four pints, becoming cyclonic three to five pubs. Pubs or pubs. Rain later in pubs. Consuming mist, pubs. Pubs, pubs. We next move on to your bottles and cans, bottles and or cans. What are you going for there? So you want these to be alcoholic? No, no, it can be, oh, can be anything. Like. Okay, um, right. Uh, so, well, bottles, uh, including wine. I want some wine in my pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now's your chance. 
it's got to be good wine, and I'm no wine expert, but I, I cannot bear shit wine in the pub. And um, we have a, a near where I live in Birmingham, there is a place called Grace and James. Uh, and it's, it's sort of like it. Well, it's not sort of it is like it's like a proper sort of winery place. Uh, and they have an amazing like really cold Riesling. I don't know what the name of it is, but I, I, I go in and I say to Henry, who works behind the bar, give me that nice wine. And he knows what I mean. What's the name of the shop? It's called Grace and James, and it's a sort of cheese and wine uh, shop, and it's got a bar in it as well. Uh, so I, I, he knows what I mean when I say that nice wine, or you know that rosé I like. He, he knows what I'm after. So if anyone is listening to this and wants it, just go into Grace and James in Kings Heath in Birmingham, and say to uh, Henry that nice wine that Jess likes, and he will know. He will know nice. which one it is. Or, or Queens Heath post Joe. Queens Heath, right? yes, yes, yeah. indeed, <laughs> indeed. It's on the same road. It's so. Grace and James is, which cha- during Queen's Heath changes its name to Will Grace and James. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it's on the same road that we have the Pride March um, oh, for brilliant. Queen's Heath every year. Uh, okay. So yeah, they're very much part of that whole gang of people. Oh, I've made nice. I've made us sound like we're the Bloomsbury set, like me, Joe Lysett, <laughs> the people of Henry from Grace and James, and the, our Riesling. But to be honest, that is what we are. <laughs> we are nice. we are a gang of people. So um, how many bottles am I allowed? It's two. Two bottles. So I'm going to have that nice Riesling, mm. but I'm going to have a spirit as well. Or is that a different category? You can have a spirit here. It's a, it, we, you also get two spirits. Oh, right. Okay. Forget it then. I won't have a spirit if I'm getting... Right. Okay. So what I'm going to go for, although I almost never drink it, but it is in my memory of working in pubs, it is the only place that it exists. It's small bottles of bitter lemon. Mm. Ooh. You know, the little Schweppes bottles of bitter lemon yeah. that are sort of slightly cloudy, greeny, like yeah, th- those specific ones. Just because I, I my friend is sort of once when serving somebody not dissimilar to the Hackney story. She worked in a pub called The Village in Moseley and uh, somebody uh, had asked for like a vodka and bitter lemon and she gave them a vodka with a bit of lemon in. Um, and uh, that has always really amused me, yeah. uh, that story. My friend Carl Adams once got locked in the pub like he'd fallen asleep in the toilet and woke up and he was in the pub at night, which is like the dream. Anyway, oh, the village pub, the place that would serve underage drinkers when I was a child. Uh, it doesn't do that anymore. It's actually run by my friend very, uh, very uh, responsibly. Um, but quite a lot of my friends own pubs, uh, actually. Uh, so uh, three of my friends are publicans and they own multiple pubs across Birmingham. So uh, I'm very much still part of that culture. But um, yeah, I, I, there's just something that screams pub as it used to be about a, a, a bottle of bitter lemon. Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, gin and bitter lemon. Gin and bitter lemon. Lovely, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Slightly because it's sort of even though it's called bitter lemon, it's much sweeter than uh, tonic. There's nothing bitter about bitter lemon. Well, Despite having looked high and low for the uh, phone number for Grace and James in order to specify what the Riesling is that that Jess likes so much, answer came there none. So we're going to have to list it as that nice Riesling from Grace and James um, is your choice. Uh, But we take a break now from your pub, Jess, uh, to head over to the lovely Robin for the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He pl- 
played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Thanks, John. From the age of reasoning to the age of reason. Yes, it's the Moon Underwater <laughs> pub quiz. Uh, are you a fan of the pub quiz, Jess? I absolutely love a pub quiz. I like nothing more. It's literally, it, there is, I, I, I would travel some distance to go to a good pub quiz. Oh, that's good. Good news. Because this week, our pub quiz, it's not about politics at all. I mean, I could have made it more thematic, but it's about TV chefs. Okay. How, how are you on TV chefs? Better than I am on politics. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a horrible moment when I'm in a pub quiz and there's a thing about yeah. politics because people expect me to know things that I just don't know. Right. Isn't it Ivo Graham who knows every single MP? That's one of his things, isn't it? Whenever I'm with Ivo, I just say the names of uh, MPs and he tells me they're constituents. He came into Parliament uh, and watched PMQs and the whole time he just was saying everybody's constituencies. It was a delight. Great. Okay, well, this is the Moon Underwater pub quiz about TV chefs. So question one, the brilliant Keith Floyd would often invite his cameraman in for a close-up of his wine-soaked concoctions, but what was the cameraman's name? Do you want multiple choice or do you know? Yes, please. No, I think I need multiple choice, although I love it when they have Keith Floyd on Saturday Kitchen. John thinks he knows this. He went through two cameramen. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. no. Oh, right. Oh. But, but I think you're referring, there's like the iconic cameraman that he would refer to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you my multiple choice then. Go on then. Is Terry, Clive or Ian? Oh, God. I feel like all of those could be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Question two. Rick Stein was often accompanied by his Jack Russell Terrier. Uh, was his name A, Kipper, B, Hank or C, Chalky? And question three, which TV chef spent two years in prison for burgling singer Paul Young's house in 1998? Was it Gina DeCampo, Tom Akins or Mary Berry? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there you go. Those are your three questions about TV Mm -hmm. chefs. They are good. When I don't know the answer in a pub quiz, I always just say the first woman to swim the channel. And also, if you don't know the question on um, University Challenge, always just say James Joyce or Benjamin Britten, and nine times out of ten, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's good. Vaughan Williams comes mm. off a lot yeah. in the classical music <laughs> round. Well, uh, what a delightful quiz that is, Robin. I think I'd have got two of them without the options, but we shall see. I could be wrong. We're delighted to have with us Jess Phillips creating her dream pub, which so far has Star of Praman, Rattler Cider, that nice Riesling from Grace and James, Bitter Lemon... And answers awaiting, so join us back in part two. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.